When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back. It's Buckeye Talk, your Ohio State podcast from Cleveland.com. Douglas Maurice Nathan Baird, uh, recruiting writer Stephen Means, is off today. So we are dealing with the main Tuesday Daily Pod, and we're talking playoff ideas. And this is why we're going to talk about this. With the coronavirus situation, athletic directors are nervous about money. And so there are multiple stories about there that one of the ways they think they can solve their potential money problem is by expanding the college football playoff and making more money that way. We'll delve into a couple of the stories, some of the reporting that has led to this. Uh, but Nathan Baird, as we dig into the dis- this discussion for our loyal Buckeye Talk readers off the top, that motivation, that idea, right, that we are uh, – it's a 12-year ESPN college football playoff deal. They have done six years of the college football playoff. There are six years left of this. And so a lot of people have thought along the way, well, you're not going to see any playoff changes until the end of that 12-year television deal. But reporting by Brett McMurphy from Watch Stadium and anyone being triggered by the name Brett McMurphy, I'll ring a bell for you. Um, and then Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports – a lot of these ADs are, are anonymously, of course, are now saying that because of the potential financial losses um, from the coronavirus situation, they may need to move more quickly and sooner than six years from now on expanding the playoff to get more money. That financial motivation, that, that this chaotic situation would be the impetus for a playoff change, does that seem logical to you or does that seem desperate to you? No, I, I, was, I would still say more logical than desperate, only because all along, even those of us who have for competitive reasons or aesthetic reasons or whatever our reasons have argued in favor of an expanded playoff have known that that only makes sense if it makes competitive sense for the entire landscape of, of um, FBS college football. Um, you know, and, and, and in Pete Dammel's story, there's, they, they, he talks with ADs, um, or, or, or other people within the game kind of speculating as to what it could mean as far as increased revenue. Um, we can talk more about that, why that, why that's touchy, but 
that the basically just comes down to, you know, as, as dumb as we kind of think some of these lesser bowl games are and how irrelevant they are to everybody but the two teams playing in them in any given year, and I suppose the, the community that's hosting them, there is a lot of money involved in, in that comes directly to schools that way or to conferences, I should say. Um, so and, until it makes – until it's proven to make financial sense, it was never going to happen. Um, and I, I've always argued that it, that it will. Um, and, and people who have who've looked into the numbers, I guess I should say, have argued that their numbers are correct, that it, that it would make sense. Um, and I think now, now there's a real impetus to do it because we're just entering a, a such a, a stage of uncertainty that you've got to find ways, I think, to, to kind of um, to, to potentially maximize what you can get out of this especially if you're entering it in an era or or a period where where the college football revenues are um kind of up in the air but it's not an era right i mean it's like a year that's the th- i mean like well, okay it, era, yeah era, era is a it, it's not it's not a fundamental change this this is not ad's acknowledging the fundamental change of amateurism this is not ad's I don't know. I mean, it's like they're panicking because they're not sure if there's going to be a 2020 college football season or if there's going to be a limited football season or something that's going to mean they're not going to have their normal revenue. And again, Pete, Pete, who is our, 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 our friend, um, is around Ohio state a ton. Um, his used to have an aunt that lived in uh, the Columbus suburb. So he would come see her and then cover Ohio state games. The, the reporting on this, and, and I, this is really important, he gets down to sort of the nitty-gritty of this, that if, when you think about the, the playoff system now and the TV deal um, from the playoff system, you know, you throw around a lot of big numbers, but then you've got to divide it up among everybody. So in the end, Pete explains that the average Power 5 team, because it's divided up by conference, and then the conferences have to divide it up to everybody, and teams that never make the playoff get – playoff money just like teams that do make the playoff you make about five million bucks per team in the current playoff tv rights deal what they're talking about if you expanded you could double that so now every team would make 10 million so it's a big number overall but when you start winnowing it down by team i'm a little confused as to why an extra five million bucks per team per season in a moment like this that's what would finally get the ball rolling on this right i mean is that i mean you're the one who delved into the money stuff for us i don't know it's it's an extra five million bucks a year is that make or break change the whole system kind of money well i mean i've delved into ohio state's um financial you know athletic budget for this past year so five million dollars there doesn't seem like a huge deal because it's a 200 million dollar athletic department i have not delved into the the finances of even just throughout fbs you know and not just talking power five but throughout everybody in what we used to call division 1a that five million dollars may be a more significant total as you go from school to school i I don't know especially at the lower end i'm sure it is i'm sure it is and and that's where and that's where the that's where the impetus here comes from. It's not necessarily what it means for the very top of the pile, the Ohio States. It's what does it mean for the health of all of FBS football together. That's where I think that's why you're seeing this surge right now. And it's it's one of those other um, issues that could potentially there were there kind of is a conflict between what is power five or what is, you know, the, the, the very top of the league or the very top of college football and what is good for everybody else. And um, maybe one of those situations where there are going to be some um, compromise here 
for schools like Ohio State to look and see what's better or what they think is financially better for the entire landscape as opposed to just what is best for them and their their very closest peers. But that makes sense to you. That would make sense of this is so. I'm of two minds on this. One is that I think a lot of people, when you look at history, um, and people are talking of this sort of when it comes to some of the economic models modeling of the of the country right now. Lots of times, chaos and um, emergency situations, that is what does lead to change. You look at the Great Depression, you look at world wars, and you come out with a fundamental change in society that was spurred by a major event. Maybe it was a, a short-term solution for the major event, and then it becomes something that becomes a permanent part of society. So I don't want to be blind to the idea that uh, extreme, unique situations sometimes spur change, spur permanent change. I get that. But there's a second part of me that is like, okay, there's this weird virus. Everybody has to stay in their house for a while. Sports is effed up for a year. And so now they're going to do a playoff. That's, that's the only, that's the extent of, of our, the, the brain trust in college sports. That's their extent of the thinking football, good football, stay same virus come me need money football change like that's our decision making process well but i think the other thing that's that you have to remember here is we're not talking about like it's not like pete damels and, and brett mcmurphy's stories are the first times we've heard about expanded playoffs this isn't a situation where you'd be a, a new idea that's now just been thrown out there as kind of a last ditch effort you know as you mentioned at, at the start it's more about accelerating the timeline where we get to that i think the undercurrent of, of what's happening with, with these articles, these conversations, is that maybe people thought that this was going to happen in the next cycle anyway, or that there was a, a, a decent chance of it happening in the next cycle. It's just getting there faster. Um, the other thing that I think I, I'm curious about is, as we look at the, all the uncertainties of this financial situation, what does that mean for bowl games in these communities here you know, coming up? And um, that, that's a completely separate issue, but it, 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 it kind of speaks to how we're having these kinds of conversations right now and at a time when it's, it's, it's very hard to project anything even a few weeks out as far as what, thing, what, what things are going to look like economically. Do you care what it means for bowl game communities? I don't. Not yeah, really, no. They can cry. I mean, it's, I just I, – I do and I don't. I, I understand that it's, it's not just about what my brain would like to see happen in a bracket. I, I, I totally understand that, that there are there are bigger factors at play. But that's why I've always said that someone needs to kind of sit down and prove that the money is going to work out. Um, at the end of the day, that was what was going to move things. If, if In AD, it doesn't really care about, at the end of the day, the structure of the playoff. He cares about the money that's going to – or school president or whoever it is that ultimately makes these decisions. So that's what was going to have to be proven, and I think – it sounds like just from his reporting, from Pete's reporting, that there is significant thought throughout the game that there would be some some enhancement to revenue. Now, whether that is enough to push the oh, big enhancement to revenue, big enhancement to revenue. They're talking double or triple, depending how big the playoff gets. But that was and always again, the again case that too. double makes yeah, that double means again, like I said, it means more for for different schools. But but they, I mean, that was the money's always been there. It's like half the, you know, when everybody was beholden to the Rose Bowl and turning down the opportunity to make a playoff and, and make more money, it was like, well, but we can't make the Rose Bowl mad. And so it's weird to me when like when they worry about money and when they don't worry about money. Two things here, and then we want to get into like what all this would mean for Ohio State because I went back 
through the playoff era so far and, and looked at what it would be like if there are ideas of an 18 playoff or a 16 team playoff and truly what that would mean for Ohio state as a program, Ohio state as a playoff team, Ohio state's regular season. Those are the kind of the conversations that I think fans like, and we've had those before, but now there's another reason to have that conversation again, but two questions first. Financially, again, there's just what's happening in college football is happening in the whole economy, but I don't know the whole economy. There are smart people out there who are dealing with that. So I'm going to talk about college football. So does it make sense to you, Nathan, that like it feels like this is exemplifying how every athletic department is like operating on a knife's edge and that it's like you take away two or three home football games and everybody's like, well, we're bankrupt. And like part of that to me is like if that's how you're operating, what's your business model? Your business model is we don't we don't pay the workforce and if we have one year where we don't have the exact normal football season that we're supposed to have, everything falls to crap. That's our business model. Does that make sense? Again, I, I don't know that that's every school because, you know, you look at the difference between what Ohio State does and even a, a program like Wisconsin does um, – as a result of, or as a, in response to, to what's going on right now, there has been a difference. So it's not necessarily every school. Okay. But, but how many is it? How many is it? How many? Okay. So we're dealing with the weird thing that we're talking about. This is Ohio state's going to be fine no matter what, but what eight programs are probably fine no matter what. And they can't just play the eight of themselves. They need everybody else. So it right. is the vast majority, isn't it? Or a, a big enough chunk that it then affects everybody else. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it, I think it is a significant amount. I mean, and it's, and if you're, you know, if you're Western Michigan and you're not going to make the playoff anyway, why wouldn't you vote for this? Because it's going to mean more money for you and you lose nothing for it. Um, but yeah, no, I think there is something to be said for that about, and, and, but that's been brewing for a long time about how, with, you know, how much college athletics is, is subsidized by certain schools, how much of it is subsidized by student, you know, student fees, like the way that people spend money to have a college athletics program has been scrutinized for a long time. So maybe that's something else that gets revisited in addition to revenue enhancements like this. So, and then the other part of this is, I don't know how you can have this discussion, how you can be in difficult financial straits, how you can be like, well, we have to expand the playoff now to get money. We're going to have 16 teams. We're going to do this. We're going to make all this extra money. I mean, how can you have this, how can this be the world and you're not paying players, right? I mean, I just, it doesn't, I mean, come on, right? I mean, to have all this, we're talking about billions of dollars now. It's not, it, the, the fraud of amateurism, and I know some people don't like when we talk about this, but it's so blatant. How can this be the world? I, I mean, I think there are, there are multiple things that happen here. Like if I just don't think it can be like, okay, the coronavirus thing happened. It screwed up a football season. The result was a 16-team playoff, and that's it. I think if this is what it is, if it's spurred by this, then it is. It has to be it's a 16-team playoff. Players get paid in some way. There is a reduction of all these other sports that nobody cares about that cost a bunch of money, and we're not going to cut in half every coach's salary because, yes – they are worth it in some ways, but that economic model of the head coach makes $8 million, the players only get scholarships, and then we support 30 other sports through this one sport, that's stupider than a four-team playoff, right? So to me, if you're changing one thing, you got to change everything. You can't just make the unpaid players 
play a bunch of extra games, and that's the only solution to this. How there cannot be a fundamental reevaluation of the whole thing spurred by coronavirus. If you're reexamining the whole thing, okay. If you're just saying quadruple the playoff size and then everything else stays the same, that's not right to me. I, I don't know that this alone, though, I mean, I, I don't know if that changes things so much. I mean, I, only because I feel like we're already there. I feel like that that's we're, we're way past the, the point where this has been obscene and ridiculous um, that we still try to talk about amateurism in in in, in this economic um, reality of, of major college sports. Um, I, I think what's going to get us to that conversation even faster, though, is something we talked about. Um, last week about how if you've got certain pockets where certain states are trying to come back or certain conferences are trying to come back or whatever and certain and then players step up and say hey I'm, I'm not just going out there and then and, and tie myself to the railroad tracks so you can make your six million dollars a year um, or whatever like I w- w- you know that's I think going to be a, a much more interesting potential um, push to get us to that conversation when when you start talking about the difference between employees and not. I think it would be a very interesting opportunity for the power brokers, the ADs, the presidents, Mark Emmert, president of the NCAA. They all make a decision. They say, hey, unpaid workforce, this is what you're going to do. This is the new plan. We're telling you this is the deal. And um, then the players say, nope, we're not we're not doing that. We're not going, we're not doing this unless we are an equal partner in the decision making process. And then we would really have a thing on their hands. Fans don't like when we talk about that. We're going to take a quick break and come back with the nitty gritty of what if it does happen? What would it mean for Ohio State football? We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk, Doug Lane Reese, Nathan Baird. All right, Nathan, I went through um, what an eight team playoff would have looked like for Ohio State starting in 2014. There's also discussions of a 16-team playoff. Off the bat, right, as we're, if we're changing, if we're changing, um, what makes more sense to you and what do you think would be more likely? Because the quotes in these pieces from Pete Thamel and Brett McMurphy, some people, it seems like more ADs, and there's a survey from Watch Stadium, and, and, and I know, again, I'm joking about being triggered by Brett McMurphy. He really did a good job with the survey on this. There is a lot of information um, that these ADs are providing. The vast majority say eight-team playoff, although there is some discussion of a 16-team playoff. What do you like more? What do you think is more likely? So if, if this were being designed just to, as if in a video game, how I would set it up, what I would like to see the most, what would be the most fun for Nathan Baird? I want to give my uh, a good friend of mine, Adam Davis, credit he came up he was the first one I ever heard come up with this plan and then they it was the one that was referenced in the book the death to the BCS that came out a couple years after that um my my friend Adam what used to be a sports writer and then uh, sold out to go be a lawyer and and do something with his life um but is the 16 team playoff where you have every conference champion get in so it'd be what 11 conference champions and then five at large bids if I'm just puked in my own mouth like I'm saying if if it's just what would be the most fun for me to watch oh, because I don't care about literally any other bowl game. I just don't. I've been to the heart of Dallas bowl. Fun. You can't wait to see Clemson versus Troy in a sweet 16 game. That's what you're so excited to see. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You're putting so, in 11 conference champs. You and Adam can go to your video game Island and play out that tournament that nobody well, else in America would watch. And this is what I'm saying. That's what you asked me what I like. That's what I said would be the most and I fun said, for me. 
Well, but no, okay. Well, that, that was the question. You asked multiple questions. That was one question. Which one do I like oh, the most? Bleh. Which one do I like just as a – which one would be the funnest to watch as a fan? Which one do I think would is the most likely to happen and which is probably the best? I mean, these things have should happen incrementally. They shouldn't – we shouldn't jump from four to 16 – or, yeah, to 16. So eight is the next logical step. You can still get in um, the Power Five conference champions. You can still get in the the – the major at-large ones that we may and ultimately always decide that that is far enough. And it, it may be, that may be the best compromise between like the, 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 the more fringe thing that I just talked about and what we have now, which some people feel is still restrictive and has the potential to leave out, you know, teams that should get in that sort of thing. So I think eight is a, is a very sensible number to get us, to where people want to be competitively and potentially also get people to where they want to be financially without completely throwing the things, you know, off a cliff. So uh, the, the watch stadium uh, survey, I think it was 112 athletic directors who replied. Um, there were 72% said they wanted an eight game playoff. 12% said stay at four and 16% said 16 or more. Um, that's, that would surprise me that, that there were more that wanted to go all the way to 16 than wanted to stay. But that's, again, I mean, uh, at the, uh, on the other hand, what percentage of the entire body would be t- Troy schools like that? Like the only way some of these schools are ever getting in is if it's that kind of full 11 team, every conference champion gets in. So maybe that those schools comprise the 16% people voting just in their own best interests. And so part of this is uh, these ADs are saying there is a power five AD quoted in the Brett McMurphy story um, saying that if you go to an eight game or an eight team playoff, he would favor reducing the regular season schedule from 12 games to 11. And if you went to a 16 team playoff, he would favor reducing it to a 10 game schedule. So that is a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, in a world I think that's where counterproductive. Well, you can't, but you can't make up. You can't make them play seventeen regular season. I mean, you can't. Why do you think is counterproductive that you're you're well, from losing a revenue standpoint? Revenue, from I a mean, revenue standpoint, it's counterproductive because you're going to be the, the only the games you're going to end up losing are the buy games right now, where the the schools at the bottom are getting directly paid to get squashed by Ohio State and Alabama and whoever else and Clemson. Um, so you take that revenue away from them to replenish it with this potential revenue that trickles down to them from the playoff. Yeah, I don't know if that makes potential sense. Revenue. I mean, it's not potential revenue. It would be a huge chunk of revenue. I mean, they would get it. Everybody would get it and split it. So, But I think your point that in this scenario, you're making more in some ways, but then you're making less in other ways is, is I mean, a valid point for sure. Yeah, I'm saying that the, the – the dollar amount being potential. We don't know exactly what the revenue would be from that. We know what the contract says they'll get paid for these games. It, and it is probably more. I'm just saying that that's, those are the kind of, because all along this has been a speculative thing that's been out there on the horizon. You should be able to make more from an 18 playoff than you would from a 14 playoff. But I think ADs have been hesitant to give up, for instance, their direct bowl revenue. If that were something that would potentially be victimized here, then for the speculative increase that they would get from, more another playoff round i think from a fan standpoint i mean nobody would be sad to lose the buffalo and bowling green games right i mean if you're getting an extra playoff game or two as an ohio state fan now you're going to assume in a 16 team playoff ohio state's in the playoff every year um 
you, you, you're going to get a playoff game or two on the other end. And a lot of people are talking about campus playoff games, right? That even in an eight team bracket, maybe you'd play that first round, the top four seeds get a home campus game, which would be a huge revenue. Um, and again, if it's a playoff though, it's not like that the home team would just get all the revenue from the playoff game, but still, you know, there'd be an economic boost to the local economy and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a little hard for me to wrap my head around 10 game regular season and a 16 team playoff. And that, that like that, that really that's the world, unlikely. right? That's, that seems that really seems unlikely. Odd. Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, at some point, if you're talking about, again, a reduced number of regular season games, even just to get to eight, I don't know what's in it then for Miami of Ohio and Bowling Green. Yeah, I know they're going to get money, but one of the things that they can kind of point to in recruiting or whatever is, Hey, every four years you get to play Ohio state. Every few years you get to play Michigan, you know, and, and now to take those kind of games away from them and then also put in a reality where they're not going to be ever really part of the, it's going to be once in a generation, one Mac team gets to go to the 18 playoff or whatever. I, I don't know how that benefits them in, in a total way in the long run. Well, the Nathan Baird, Adam, we're on an island playoff where the 11 conference champs all get in. Everybody will have a wonderful equal shot to get their butt kicked by Alabama in the first round. So that's the model that they would be in favor of. Um, I, Possibly yeah. because then it still keeps their conference out there in a, in a mark. In fact, you could even say it enhances over, over just these bye games where they get squashed. At least you get to go get squashed on a national stage. Can, all right, I, I'm going to give you a minute. We've had this debate before on this podcast, but what is your driving force of why you believe the crappy conferences should get an automatic bid into a 16-team playoff like that? Your motivation for that is is what? Who does it benefit? Why do you think it's the, quote, right thing to do? I think it benefits um, you know, fans in, in general and the game in general because you're – for two reasons. Number one, it is potentially elevating the next, you know, that 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 tier that is right behind the 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 main tier of, of college football, and gives them a chance to um, prove themselves at, at this on that stage and get themselves into the conversation. I think that is just a thing that is aesthetically better for the sport. I think it also um, it helps for those years where there's the, the tough calls between four and five and four, five and six. And I don't necessarily feel sorry for those five and six teams because no, 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 no. but I'm not talking about, reason, I'm but, not talking about five and six. I'm talking about why you want the Mac champ in a playoff. That's the only thing I'm asking you about. Why do you want the Mac champ in? Are you asking about eight or you're asking about 16? I'm asking about any scenario where there's more than one non power five team in a playoff. Well, but thing. there's a huge difference between 8 and 16. But even if there's 16, why you said 11 automatic bids to the conference champs so that the the Sun Belt and the Mac and everybody like that gets their conference champ in. Why do you why do you like that? That part it's, of it. It's, We're not talking about Ohio State getting in as the 5 seed. That's the argument for any playoff. That's a normal person argument. Why do you want the Sun Belt champ in the playoff every year? Because I think it's I'm just as a fan. I'm, 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 or a person who, a fan, I guess, is the right word. I want to see those teams get their chance to play on that stage and get be in the conversation the same way it is in basketball. I know it's a completely different sport. I know you can't compare. It's it's comparing apples and oranges. But I think it's it's inherently better in college basketball 
that those games get to happen in in a, in a tournament style. Do you think it, those as opposed to football where there's a there's a segregation between the two levels? And I know that segregation is more natural because of finances, because of other um, other factors. But I, I just I, I think it would be better for the sport if that were contracted. Do you think the games would be good? Do you think the games would be good? Certainly not in in, in the beginning, and and maybe not, maybe not in the long so run. So why most are we playing time, them? But most of the time, because most of the time, a sixteen-one game isn't good in in the NCAA tournament either. But that's when there's sixty-eight teams. This is most of the time the Sweet Sixteen games in the NCAA tournament are good. When you're down to sixteen teams, it's not okay. I could, I cannot believe anybody would advocate for let's expand the playoff and then let's have every first round game be a blowout where the betting line is going to be a 35 point betting line between Alabama and the Sun Belt champ. And that's why we expanded the playoff is bonkers to me. It's, it, that's a fair, when you're talking about 16, that's obviously a very fair criticism of the idea. And I don't think every first round game would necessarily be a blowout, but certainly at those, those extreme ends of it, it would because there is no reason for Troy to be on the same field as Clemson or Ohio state or Alabama. Okay. A, that's the cut. Uh, producer. Can you get that cut from Nathan? There's no reason for Troy to be on the same field with Alabama or Ohio state. Competitively. Um, yeah. Competitively. That is not going to ever really work out for those teams, especially when they have to go play. You're not playing on a neutral site. Those first round games are probably going to be on the, on the home field of the higher seat. But so your you're argument right. is like, they're going to be boring blowouts, but let's do it anyway. Well, this is why I framed the whole thing as being like, if I'm playing in a video game where those sorts of things don't necessarily matter, I don't want to play video games at your house. Well, but, wanna... but all right, but that's what I'm saying. I'm, I've already said that 16 is not a thing that's like feasible. If you're talking about eight, these ads are talking about 16, t- but nobody's talking. I mean, some ads are talking about 16. Nobody's talking about automatic bids for 11 conferences, though. Adam, hey, Adam, we're playing the first round of the video game tournament. Do you want to be Clemson or do you want to be Troy? They're both playoff teams. It'll be an equal matchup. Uh, I'll be Troy, man. You can be Clemson. Um, I just think I think 16 teams, if they do it, so, so if they do 16 teams, that's not the formula. But then even I, I made a, a list of if they had gone to 16 teams – the last four years, uh, not the last, in the, in the playoff era, the last six years. Here were the teams that were seeded, that were ranked 16th in the final college football playoff rankings, um, obviously before we went into the postseason. These were the teams. 10-3 and three Missouri, 10-2 and two Oklahoma State, 10-2 and two West Virginia, 9-3 and three Michigan State, 8-3 and three West Virginia, 9-3 and three Iowa. So like in baseball, how they called – uh, batting 200, the Mendoza line. I'm going to call being ranked 16th in the playoff rankings the West Virginia line. I am not any more interested in West Virginia. I'm yelling at you about Troy and Mac teams in the playoffs. I am no more interested in 8-3 and three West Virginia being in the playoff. That's why I think 16 is nuts. There are never, never 16 good enough teams that are actually – playoff contenders you would end up with very mediocre teams in this first round if eight and three west virginia was a 16 seed in the playoff and they were playing alabama or clemson or ohio state they'd be a four a four touchdown underdog so the whole thing of 16 is nuts to me no matter what the 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 organization or the way they handed out the the bids would be 
Yeah, I guess it's to me. I guess it depends on how you just want the whole postseason to look like. It, it involves it would involve a complete restructuring in people's minds and how they look at this a little bit. Because to me, I just to me after the after the playoff, like I just I don't care. Like I was gonna go play whoever Auburn in some kind of bowl game that does not matter. It does not matter that that game happens. I know there's revenue, so that matters. And but whatever, it doesn't actually matter to anybody except people in Iowa and Alabama at that point. If in this case, I think it would be really interesting if Iowa's the 16 seed and they have to go play at Ohio State, or it probably wouldn't be Ohio State, it'd probably be conference um, considerations, but um, Clemson in the first round of a playoff, even though they have to play that game on the road, that's a more interesting event to me than any bowl game that Iowa would play that doesn't involve a playoff scenario. So that's what I'm talking about is, is when you start trickling that out farther and just kind of creating more interest throughout the country in a real way, as opposed to just this kind of passive, um, well, the, 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 the fans want the, 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 a certain subset of the fans can afford to go to California for a bowl game or whatever. Um, this is just, I think, a more interesting way to look at the entire sport. I just don't, I don't want the result of the playoff to be that the best teams in college football and then end up having to play an extra game where they tread water against a team that has no chance of competing with them. I don't see the point in that. If we're going to have college football players play an extra game and you're going to reshuffle the whole thing, it, uh, uh, when, when two teams go play in a meaningless bowl game, it's just a TV product and it's for those two fan bases only. You're slowing down the whole playoff structure to make Alabama play a first-round game against 8-3 and three West Virginia. And I'm not sure – I think it's, it's – I think it's a negative. Like that, to, you're but, never you're going to have an upset one out of fifty times, and the other forty nine out of fifty times you're going to have this one versus eight, two versus seven games, um, or not a, one versus sixteen, two versus fifteen games, and that kind of thing that are just awful, that are just right, awful is, and non competitive, and money is not enough of a reason to me for that because you're putting these kids an extra game of wear and tear on their body at least if they're playing bowling green in september as the extra game you get some of the backups in you know guys can sit for a half it's a playoff game but it's a non-competitive playoff game and i know they do that i know a one versus eight in the nba playoffs isn't competitive either but this isn't pro sports so i do not have interest in those one versus 16 games in any structure the going from again, like I said, going from four to sixteen right now doesn't make any sense. You'd have to go to eight. So I think we should. I don't think sixteen is has any chance of happening in the short term. It would ha if it ever happened, it would have to be incremental because the eight team worked to a sufficient example. So I think we need to look more at the eight team playoff and the kind of matchups that would happen there and whether we think that that would be more feasible. Okay, last quick thing on sixteen, and this is actually a point I wanted to make. What would it do to Ohio State's regular season? Because if you have a 16-team playoff, Ohio State can lose two games a year and make the playoff. The Purdue game no longer matters. The Iowa game no longer matters. Ohio, Ohio State hasn't lost two games in a regular season that matters, and I can't even remember how long, I guess 2004. A 16-team playoff, Ohio State, I, I, they don't even have to try, and they're in the playoff every year. I'm caught in between on this, and I'm sure I'm, I've contradicted myself at some point with what I maybe have said previously and what I'm saying now, I do think that would have some kind of negative effect on Ohio State's regular season because it's like, okay, here we go, Ohio State versus Penn State. What's going to happen? Well, it doesn't matter because they're both, they're both going to make the playoff anyway. If you look over in the playoff era, teams that – Big Ten teams 
that were ranked in the top 16 in the last college football playoff rankings before the postseason. 2014, there were two. 2015, there were five. 2016, four. 2017, four. 2018, three. 2019, there were five. If it's an open 16-team playoff a year ago, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Did I miss that? I missed Minnesota. Iowa, I mean, like, maybe there were six. Everybody's in. Like, everybody who's decent gets in. I think, Nathan, that would almost have a negative effect on Ohio State's regular season because there wouldn't be any nerves during the regular season because you'd have so much leeway. Yeah, I mean, you'd get you know, you'd get rewarded with seeding, you'd get rewarded with the extra home game, whatever. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's another. And and having now gone through being a voter in the AP poll for the first time this last year and seeing how you know there really isn't a lot of times a difference between like number fifteen and number thirty sometimes, and it can be very hard to parse those teams. So I understand that argument too. I think and and that is probably in some ways, at least for right now lessened how realistic something like a 16 team would be just because I don't, I don't think competitively it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. I got nervous right there listing, listing that off. I thought I was leaving out Minnesota, but Minnesota finished 18th. Um, yeah, as they but, should have. Uh, so, so it would have been five Ohio state, Wisconsin, Penn state, Michigan, and Iowa were all in the top 16 last year. All right. 18 playoff, because this is probably more plausible. Um, Ohio state, I think, I've written and I've said how no team has sort of been more screwed by the current play, playoff format more than Ohio State because no team has been uh, close and not made it as often as Ohio State. I think perhaps no team would benefit more from an 18 playoff than Ohio State. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I, at least just based on what we've seen from the first six years of the playoff. So Ohio State um, – if we had an eight-team playoff, this is what Ohio State's first-round game would have been. 2014, that would have been number four, Ohio State, versus number five, Baylor. 2015, would have been number seven, Ohio State, versus number two, Alabama. 2016, would have been number three, Ohio State, versus number six, Michigan. And, of course, maybe they would do some conference stuff, but that's by the seeding. 2017, would be number five, Ohio State, versus number four, Alabama. 2018, number... Six, Ohio State versus number three, Notre Dame. 2019, number two, Ohio State versus number seven, Baylor. So they're in every year, and their first-round opponents would have been Baylor, Bama, Michigan, Bama, Notre Dame, Baylor. Like, would people sign up for that? Would Ohio State fans sign up for that? Heck yeah, right? Wouldn't that be fun? I think so. I think they would They would sign up for knowing that they're in the playoff every year. I think the, the caveat is, though, that it exposes you. In those years where you are a, a top four seed right now, you automatically go and you play one of the other top four seeds, and you're in the semifinals. You're In the other years, you're exposing yourself to I, Baylor, whoever. And I think, you know, Ohio State obviously is favored in those games, but you're still exposing yourself to not even getting to the semifinals by getting upset at home or whatever. But but more, you're getting a shot. I mean, when you think about Ohio State in 2015, the year they punted away the chance of being a mini dynasty by losing the Michigan State game, Ohio State finishes seventh in the final rankings that year. They might be the most talented. I mean, the defending national champs with the whole team back, they might be the most talented team in college football. They don't get in. In this scenario, they're a seven seed playing number two Alabama in the first round. Like it's for, for all the times that, yeah, you have to play an extra game, um, you know, like this year, Ohio, and that's the thing. 
it, it would almost only almost benefit Ohio State because so Ohio State's a two seed. They would have had to play an extra game against Baylor, the Big 12 runner-up, in this past season. Was, was Baylor going to beat Ohio State? Baylor wasn't going to beat that Ohio State team with Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and Justin Fields, right? Would you have been no. nervous as Ohio State playing that Baylor team? No, probably not. And I think, and again, but if we're talking about fan service, then it's it's better to ask a fan because they may have a different perspective, I suppose, on the years where Ohio State is seventh and has to go on the road to Alabama and and doesn't is, is also going to be not favored in those games. Would they rather have that scenario, and that's the only postseason game that Ohio State ends up playing that year, or would they rather have the the bowl? scenario i don't know i know which one i would pick just as a fan of the sport which one i think is more interesting i'm on the record there but for a a fan who has maybe other recommend other factors to consider maybe they like the other better i don't know but i don't know why anyone wouldn't prefer that we've heard from enough fans over the years that have said i'd rather win the rose bowl than lose a playoff semifinal and and i always find that a little amazing that you know people are scarred by losing the clubs in 31 nothing in the semifinal in 2016 and sometimes that i mean it's it's something to acknowledge sometimes teams don't want their team that they know really doesn't have a chance to win it sometimes they don't want them in a playoff because they think it's just going to be embarrassing they'd rather take sort of like the quote meaningless but kind of fun win in a bowl game over getting your butt kicked in the playoff that if you really think so I, I, I part of that is I, I don't understand that because I would always want my team to have a shot but part of it is again as we expand this stuff is everybody when you know your team doesn't really have a chance to win like is everyone gonna have a good time of like hey what was your postseason it's like Zach we were the 12th seed and we lost 55 to 14 in the first round and like that ended our 10 win season like is that a great way to end the 10 win season but I do think here's if you would have gone by all the seeds held up, this would have been the three game path for Ohio State. If they had won every time and played the highest seeded team that they should have, these would have been their three playoff games, their three playoff opponents in the playoff era. 14, Baylor, Bama, Oregon. 15, Bama, Michigan State, Clemson. 16, Michigan, Clemson, Bama. 17, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma. 18, Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama. 19, Baylor, Clemson, LSU. I mean, it is just – everybody went nuts when Ohio State got to play Bama once in 2014. You would create this world where it's going to be – the teams that are the teams now are still going to be the teams, but you're really going to get to play everybody all the time. So I do think if you're Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama – and it's like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, well, I want to play my rivals in the in the conference season. I want to do that. That's important to me. And then I want to get on the national stage and play the best teams in college football from around the country every single year. And I want to play them repeatedly. I'm outlining a scenario where Ohio State would have played Alabama in five of the six playoff eras. And so I think, Nathan, most Ohio State fans would sign up for that. And I think it's also better for college football in general, too. If you've got, you know, twice in that span, you would have had a team like Baylor coming up to Ohio Stadium and probably losing, but putting their best shot on the field against a Big Ten team. I think that helps because I think a lot of people, even, you know, serious fans of college football or serious Ohio State fans probably don't necessarily have a lot of respect for a program like Baylor or maybe even the Big 12 at large, but certainly not for one of the guys down the rung like Baylor. This gives a, a chance to kind of bridge that gap a little bit. I think that's good for the sport in the long run. 
And most people imagine that 18 playoff would have one automatic bid for the highest seeded non-power five team to be the eight seed to go get their butt kicked by the one seed. In the playoff era, it would have been Boise versus Bama, Houston versus Clemson, Western Michigan versus Bama, Central Florida versus Clemson, Central Florida versus Bama, and Memphis versus LSU this past year. So I get, all right, I'll give them, I'll give them one seed. But I, you do set those four or five games, the four seed versus the five seed, you'd really have a lot of fun there. Washington versus Penn State as a four, five, and 16. When Penn State got left out as the Big Ten champ, that would have been a really good game. You've got a Bama-OSU game in there one year. Oklahoma-Georgia would have been the last two years as the 4-5. I think you do set up opportunities there. Pete Thamel, his reporting, and we'll end on this, said the earliest this would be – it was two years from now because this is kind of like the messed up season. You know, even if it goes off as normal because everything is solved, there's a lot of consternation about it. And then you'd have one more year of like normalcy as it stands now and that maybe the 2022 season would be the first year um, of the expanded playoffs. So that might be what you are looking at. Um, in the end, I think your point, Nathan, you're probably not jumping straight from four to 16, right? So you believe if we're going to go there, we're going to go to eight at least first, right? Yeah, I, I think eight. I could even see, I suppose, a scenario where they only went to six or something and you protected the two top seeds and did a round, I don't, or top four seeds and did a play. And I don't know. But I, it, it's going to be more incremental than going all the way to 16. That's just, that's just too wild. So if the end scenario, if this is the final scenario, two years from now in 2022, it is an eight-team playoff with five conference champs the highest rated non-power five team, and then the two other highest rated teams in the college football playoff rankings. Maybe it's two from the same conference. Maybe Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan all make it. Um, Whatever it is, two wild cards, basically. And you are adding a round of quarterfinals on campus sites sometime in mid-December. And then otherwise, it's very similar to what it is now, where you have the bowl sites, hosting the semifinals um, on a rotating fashion, and then you have a national championship game. And that really the only addition is those four quarterfinal games on campus sites two years from now. Is that a win for college football if that is the final uh, solution? I, I believe it is. I think that's better in the long run. Plus, you're also keeping the the other bowl structure below that in place, too. So you still have all of that revenue still coming in, although they are having enough trouble finding teams to play those games right now. But yeah, I, I just think that, I think that whole picture I've, I've argued for a long time is better for the sport in the long run. And how often would Ohio state make that eight team playoff? We, we just showed they would have made it every year so far. Right. Say those be, three teams, six for six. Those teams that we say are up there at that, <clears throat> the stratosphere, the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state tier. I'm putting those just alphabetically, not in order of importance for our listeners. Um, those three, I think, it's hard to imagine a scenario where they aren't in there every year right now. And at yeah. some point, maybe somebody takes that somebody's place for a few years. But um, but right now, and maybe even Oklahoma and Georgia go in there. So maybe you might be looking at those five teams. I mean, would they have made it every single year out of these last six years? Uh, I have to look off the top of my head. I mean, Ohio State definitely would have made it every year. Oklahoma would have made it. Because, well, you're putting every conference champion. So it's like Oklahoma is like winning the Big 12 every year. Oklahoma would have made it every year except the first one. They would have made it all of the last five years. Uh, Georgia would have made it the last three years as opposed to Georgia not getting in. 
in 18 or 19. So yeah, I mean, you definitely, yeah, you basically, the main thing is you get every conference champ in so you don't have a conference champ left out. And then you're giving wiggle room to those elite programs to lose a stray game here or there that knocks them out of being a conference champ, but keeps them very high in the ratings. You give them wiggle room to still get in the playoff that way. Or it gives a team like a, that can win a conference championship, like I think Oregon did last year, but also went on the road and lost to a team like Auburn in the non-conference, giving them those two losses that automatically knocks them out of a four-game scenario. It gets them a chance to be in the eight-game scenario and improve it. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a decent uh, solution. And would you guess, again, based on what, what Pete and Brett have done with their reporting and what ath- athletic directors are thinking right now, Bill Hancock, who's the spokesman for the college football playoff, um, seemed at least open to the idea. He didn't shoot it down. There's enough people anonymously talking about this. The 2022 college football playoff structure, will you, would you bet that is what it will be, an eight-team playoff, basically, as I outlined it? Or do you think in the end they won't pull the trigger and we'll still be at four two years from now? There will definitely be someday a eight-team playoff. I don't know if it'll happen in two years, only because, again, it, it's, it's all going to depend on the money. If they get the money lined up, then it absolutely will happen in two years. All right, if you want to be a tech subscriber, we're going to have our big Wednesday podcast coming up. That's the two-hour-plus Buckeye Talk that we do in the middle of every week where we get a ton of uh, tech subscriber questions. We're finishing off our favorite modern football Buckeye bracket. Uh, We have a lot of uh, NFL draft stuff we're going to talk about Wednesday. We got the draft prospects both in this draft for Ohio State and then future Ohio State draft prospects that our tech subscribers are most interested in. If you want to be part of that, it's 614-350-3315. Send a text to that number, and uh, you'll get a link on how to sign up. It's a 14-day free trial. You can try it, see what you think, four bucks a month after that. It's a good way to stay connected to us. Uh, We usually do a lot of questions on podcasts. This was a single-topic pod, so we didn't get into that. But make sure you're listening all weekdays. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, those are the half hour or so pods. Wednesday, the big two hour pod. Make sure you're listening. Make sure you're try, at least try it once in your life to be a friend of the pod. Just try it once. You owe that to yourself. 614-350-3315. We'll be back on Wednesday with a discussion of the most interesting draft prospects on the 2020 Ohio State roster. But for now, on behalf of Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Mm-hmm.